footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening and welcome to your nightmares, where we like to keep it dark and dreamy here at Dark Softly Tales. I'm your host, Mav, and tonight we have a scary story for you. The story is called Mantra. It was originally published in all due respect back in 2011. It got a special mention in a journal back then called Neuroscience Daily, which was pretty cool. Then it was published again in my book, Deadly Women, Three Tales to Chill Your Bones, which is free on Amazon, by the way. The link is in the show notes. The story came to me by a little rhyme. It goes something like this. One, two, three. Nails and teeth go beneath. Hair and gums unbecomes. Legs and fingers let them linger. Heads and tails, flip for sales. Creepy, right? The words came out of nowhere, and after I had written it, chills ran up and down my spine. I had this distinct feeling that I get when I know I've caught a fish on the hook after dipping into the sea of imagination. I wrote this when I still lived in Texas, and it was very, very difficult time for me. One of the things I remember distinctly about that time period was this horrific nightmare. In the dream, I heard this lullaby music, and above my bed, I saw a child's toy mobile, and on each string of the mobile, I saw myself and each member of my family hanging by their necks. The mobile spun and spun while this creepy lullaby music played, and when I awoke, I knew I had to move my children back to Washington State, no matter what. Thankfully, it was only a few weeks later that I moved, but that distinct, horrible feeling that I got from that dream wouldn't leave me, and it was shortly after that I wrote this story. I think this story was a way for me to release that creepy vibe from my system, and it scares me to this day. Narrating the story for you was just really, really intense. I was all alone by myself in this house and um, late at night and you could hear all the creaks and groans of the house and it was just really, really creepy that night. One more note, most of my stories are relatively clean, but this one is definitely violent and disturbing. There is a little bit of screaming, some good old-fashioned cussing. It is not one to listen with children around. So please be sure to tuck those little lovelies into bed before listening to this one. But let me assure you, despite the warning, this story will suck you in like a bead of honey. But don't say I didn't warn you about the web before the spider appears. Are you ready? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark softly.
Mantra by Mav Sky. One, two, three. Nails and teeth go beneath. Hair and gums unbecomes. Legs and fingers let them linger. Head and tails flip for sails. Sometimes, Rhiannon repeated the rhyme in her head, over and over. Other times, she hid in the closet, pulled a string light bulb, and wrote it on the walls, carefully, inside squares. It calmed her before a big pitch, or after one. The sail didn't matter. It was her nerves, the panic she could feel like an entity. A worm crawling from the front of her skull to the back of it, writhing, wriggling, like the legs of a spider after its abdomen had been crushed. Rhiannon had been to the doctors. They gave her meds. And what did the meds do? Made her put on weight, gave her zits, made her hair fall out, and gave her massive bouts of gas. This made a drastic impact on her sails. So she dumped the pills down the toilet. The sails improved, as did her figure, but the worms crawled worse. In fact, they crawled out of her ears at night and had begun to disturb Derry. They told him bad things about her. Lies. Rhiannon stood in her bedroom in a black bra and panties, looking at her face in the mosaic mirror on the wall. She'd made a big sail today. Autumn sunshine streamed in through the window. She should have felt happy, but she didn't. She felt hollow, hollowed out. A drop of blood appeared on the mirror. She dabbed at it with her index finger, wondering where it came from. And as she did, her green eyes transformed in the mirror. They grew long and oval, pinched in the middle like an hourglass. She drew her fingers to her trembling lips. The hourglass ovals shifted to square blocks sinking deep inside her forehead. She heard steps. Derry's head moved behind her in the mirror. She wanted to move, but couldn't. Paralysis. Her own sunken eyes held her captive. She felt a familiar movement in her forehead, a pain. And then the whispers started. Dream or real, they asked. Rhiannon's eyes slid forward, taking a new form, round. The pupil widened, then narrowed into a sharp slit like a serpent's. Dream? Although posed as a question, the worms demanded an answer, and they began to crawl. Perhaps she was dreaming. She hated doubting herself. She hadn't made it this far by doubting. The classic dairy fart ripped from the bathroom, then a healthy stream hit toilet water. It was then she knew she was real, here. Rhiannon breathed a sigh of relief, even as the worms screamed. Derry kept her real, 
Ray, why are the spire blankets? This Kentucky drawl used to be endearing. This place never warms up. Brr. Another drop of blood appeared on the mirror, and then another. Derry was moving toward the closet. Rhiannon willed her lips to move, her arms to wave, but the worms wouldn't let them. More blood splatters hit the mirror. Rhiannon heard the closet door open. The worms laughed at her. They laughed in a high-pitched scream. What the hell is this all over the wall, Ray? One, two, three, nail, teeth. His voice tapered off. She blinked once, twice, thrice. Suddenly, she was free, and the worms were silent. I can't explain it, Derry. It's just a little rhyme. Derry slowly turned. He glanced her up and down, his eyes lingering at the cleavage in her bra. Her panting excited him. He shifted his pants and met her eyes. I know you were hearing some things a while back and went to the doctor, but this shit's just crazy. He shook his head slowly, pointing inside the closet. It's the last straw. The look in his eyes spelled disgust, easily imitated from many daytime drama shows. Dairy. Rhiannon licked her lips. If there was a sale to make, it was now. You... She paused. You make me feel... Here. What they told you is lies. Don't leave me now. Don't leave me alone. He raised an eyebrow. Who's told me lies? Rhiannon shifted uncomfortably, then lowered her voice. The worms. They told you lies about me at night while you sleep. Okay. Okay. He nodded his head and looked as if in thought. Rhiannon felt a surge of hope. Derry tipped his head towards the closet. Sorry, darling. The last straw. You need to go back to the doctor's and get re-prescribed. He drew his drawl out to make his point, then turned and went downstairs. From the stairwell, he said, I'm gonna have a beer and then split this joint. Damn it, damn it. Rhiannon had to do something. She couldn't just let Derry leave. Sure, he was unemployed, mooched off her money and sat on his rumpus all day watching The Price is Right and Oprah, but there was something calming, knowing he was a real lump of living flesh sitting in the lazy boy when she came home at night. Everybody needs somebody, and she didn't want to be alone. Not with worms crawling in her head. He kept her real. Why couldn't he see that? She tiptoed downstairs, watched him open one last can of Bud Light, and flicked Dr. Phil back on. She didn't know what to do. So she sneaked to the kitchen, crept up behind him, and hit him over the head with a frying pan. I think you've made the right decision, affirmed Dr. Phil. Rhiannon agreed and turned the TV off.
What to do, what to do. The worms were crawling, crawling, crawling. Rhiannon snatched a pencil from Derry's crossword puzzle and ran up to her closet. She wrote the words over and over in their little squares. Her daddy once told her that if she ever got in a pickle, to pick up a pencil and write the first thing that came to her mind and that would solve the problem. He also said that if writing didn't work, to pick up the Bible, close your eyes, and wait for the Holy Ghost to fill you up. You'd know that the Holy Ghost was filling you up because it was a little like a wiggle in your soul. And that meant Jesus loved you. You opened up your Bible and pointed at Scripture. And whatever Scripture you pointed to, that was the Holy Ghost guiding you to your life's purpose. Daddy had hung himself with his bedsheets from his third-floor balcony when she was 12. All they found was his Bible on the dining room table, a verse circled in red where Judas had hung himself. Rhiannon had been in and out of foster homes after that. Rhiannon didn't care for the Holy Ghost or the Bible, but she liked to write. She made good grades in college, and she had landed herself a top sales position at Just Skank It, J.K. Crack's Clothing Massacre. The stock had doubled since they had brought her aboard five years ago. Doubled. Stores had gone up in every mall across America. Rhiannon was invaluable. Heads and tails flip for sales. Her scribbling became faster and she tried to slow so it wouldn't be sloppy. Her greatest fear, if she were to admit it, was that the worms in her head were Jesus. But this made her laugh every time. Jesus wasn't a worm on a cross, and Jesus wouldn't tell her to flip heads or tails for sails. No, sir, he'd tell her to pray. She laughed as she wrote. She laughed and wrote, laughed and wrote, until she calmed. And suddenly, with amazing clarity, she knew what to do. Derry would never leave. She dressed and went downstairs. He still slept. Rihanna tied and gagged him and hit him again with a frying pan for good measure. Then she retrieved her purse from the counter. Rhiannon went to Lowe's and bought an electric saw and a fillet knife. Dumping dairy out of the lazy boy into the wheelbarrow wasn't much of a problem. Figuring out where to fillet him was. Rhiannon hadn't a basement, but the little Yardman 2000 shed did just fine. She had a wood stove and a small vegetable garden for the leftovers, the parts that weren't in her rhyme. She called in sick to work the next morning. The neighbors thought nothing of her using the electric saw out back. It all worked out just fine. And afterwards, Rhiannon carefully placed each body part in its jar, box, or shelf in her closet. Then, she retrieved Derry's pencil and carefully wrote each in its own square. One, two, three. Nails and teeth go beneath. Hair and gums unbecomes. Legs and fingers let them linger. Heads and tails flip for sails.
As she finished up and closed the doors, the phone rang in the kitchen. She put on her slippers and made her way down the stairs, feeling much better. The message machine picked up. Daray, it's your ma. Where's my sweet little birthday boy? Ma's conchunky draw was annoying as a get out. Rhiannon poured herself some coffee. Black. She thought about her closet. You're always home, Ma pouted. Derry's little old Ma lived in Kentucky. Ian's away from Washington. They had never met. Ma was frail, sick, practically on her deathbed. At least, that is what Derry had told her. Rhiannon wouldn't have to worry about her. I wanted to sing happy birthday to my little pumpkin pancake. There is no such thing as a pumpkin pie cake, Ma, Rhiannon thought. The worms, awake again, gathered in the front of her head, gnawing, gnawing. She spat the coffee out in the sink. I'll just sing it right here. Happy birthday to you. The worms nod, chewed, spat their way to the back of Rhiannon's mind. Tears streamed down her face. She fell to the kitchen floor. She pulled her knees to her chest and rocked herself like a newborn. They ate through gray matter, asking questions. Was this what death felt like? Was she alive? Dreaming? She needed to make the sale, damn it. Needed to make a sale. She wanted Derry back in the living room, watching The Biggest Loser, munching on Cheetos. She'd know then that she was alive. Anyway, I expect you'd call me straight away. Love you, pumpkin. The message machine cut off with a loud beep. A slight knock on the door. Sweetheart, it's Mrs. Duber from next door. I brought you some flowers from my garden. Rhiannon wiped her tears. She whispered her rhyme. She had an idea. Business had picked up. She had a pitch this morning. Where had the week gone? Rhiannon carefully brushed her hair, swept it up in a twist and clipped it. She put in her green contacts and layered on thick eyeliner. She examined herself in the mirror. Serious, scary. Her eyes shifted feline and her teeth pointed. Her body grew slender like a snake. She closed her eyes and shook her head, opened her eyes, looked in the mirror again. She looked like her average aging self. Then she felt them, the worms writhing from the front of her skull to the back, eating away her brain, leaving holes, asking questions. Did the Holy Ghost ask questions? She shivered and shook it off. Focus. Concentration. Lipstick. Rhiannon's hands shook as she applied the red lip stain. Big sale to make today. Big sale to lose. Heads and tails. Flips for sales. She thought of what was in her closet on the shelf. Rhiannon turned and threw up in the toilet. She grabbed her lipstick and ran to her closet. Underneath her old hat box, 
She grabbed a satchel of fingernails and tucked it into the vest of her business suit, breathing deeply. She began to relax. She turned up a notch in her lipstick and wrote, One, two, three. Nails and teeth go beneath. A brisk knock on the front door broke her concentration. Rhiannon dropped the lipstick, froze. Another knock. The doorbell rang. It was probably just the mailman. Her eyes flicked inside the closet. No, she supposed it wouldn't be him. Perhaps it was Chloe, her secretary from work. Although she'd specifically asked her to call if she had any updates on the meeting this morning. She told them all that Derry had left her quite suddenly and she needed to be by herself in the house. No guests. No guests at all. Who likes dark stories? People who have experienced a touch of the dark side. People who are a little wiser to the world. People who like their bones chilled and their spines tingled. People like you and me. It's hard to find a story these days that write on the dark side with a touch of whimsy, humor, and heart. Mav Sky spreads her dark wings and solves this problem for you. Head on over to Amazon and type Mav Sky's name into the search engine. M-A-V-S-K-Y-E. At Amazon, you'll find her Tales to Chill Your Bones series, Girl Clown Hatchet series, Supergirl series, her cult classic novel, Wanted Single Rails, and, of course, her brand new release, Cold Hangs the Midnight. Choose your dark flavor and head on over to Amazon today.